Majority decision dead. Another wild night in London. Rocky might not have thrown a head kick until the fifth round, but it didn't matter to the fans in the O2. He could miss a jab and they'd pop like the city just won the Super Bowl or whatever the Super Bowl is in soccer. Most thought this night would either prove his previous win a fluke or see him land a similar sniper shot. Instead, we saw a fairly even back and forth that, while close, appears to have put an end to this rivalry, at least for the foreseeable future. But what does this mean for Leon and where does he go now? What will happen to the former pound-for-pound king? And did you guys know that Colby Covington was at the event? Did you see that he was there? London was calling, and there's so much to discuss. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and I'm wondering if Leon Edwards just leveled up. Before we get to good old Rocky, though, let's run down UFC 286 so that we're all on the same page about what it is that went down. Welterweight champion Leon Edwards retained via majority decision in a tight back and forth with former divisional king Kamaru Usman. Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fazeev beat the piss out of each other for the violence weight strap, with the highlight reel getting the majority nod like Edwards. Gunnar Nelson landed a slick first-round armbar against Bam Bam Brian Barberina. Jennifer Maya snapped Casey O'Neill's unbeaten streak via UD, and Marvin Vittori took three rounds from Roman Delize to kick off the main card. The prelims were weird, wild, and violent. Certainly some notable performances there. We've got them up on the screen, so be sure to check a few of those out. Jake Hadley's liver shot on Malcolm Gordon was particularly nasty. Alright, so we all know what went down in London now. Let's run the numbers on this thing. The first UK pay-per-view since UFC 204 saw 15 fights with 3 KO TKOs, 3 subs, 9 decisions for a total cage time of 2 hours, 43 minutes, 26 seconds. 9 favorites on the night would prevail, leaving just 6 dogs on top. Yanal Asmus was a plus 1300 to get that KO against Sam Patterson in the first round. That's a big money play. With 120 significant strikes landed, this was the first time in the trilogy that Edwards actually outstruck Usman. It also marks the most strikes he's ever landed in a single fight in his career. Kumaru has a lifetime takedown percentage against Leon of just 37%. That's 11 points below his career average. Justin Gaethje's last two victories have come on the judges' scorecards, earning him our Decisionator Award. Jeez, man, maybe get more exciting, you know? Jokes aside, Justin now has 11 post-fight bonuses in 11 UFC fights. Gunnar Nelson scored his first submission win in 1,561 days. When King Casey started her winning streak back in April of 2019 that would end on this night, only one current UFC champion was a title holder, and that's Amanda Nunes. And the Italian Dream has thrown 712 strikes in the three bouts since his title challenge, earning him our Violent Spam Award. But we're not here to talk about numbers, that's for nerds. Let's discuss what really happened at UFC 286. Before we get into the implications of this event, flowers are yet again warranted for the good folks that packed into the O2. What a crowd in London. The city is quickly becoming one of the best places for the UFC to travel to in the entire sport. They were going wild all night, but especially in that main event, man, they really came out for Leon and it was so cool to see. It was also honestly at times distracting as a viewer. I feel like I couldn't articulate my own thoughts about what I was seeing when every single strike from Edwards got a pop like Stone Cold Steve Austin's music just hit. It really lends to the idea of a home field advantage. Which isn't to say that I thought Leon didn't deserve the judge's nod. I'm just saying that as a human, how could you not be affected by that kind of noise? After eight rounds in the cage together, most of us assumed that we had a pretty good idea of what to expect from Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman in this fight. There was, of course, questions about whether Usman had fully recovered from the KO, or if he would fight differently as a result, and there are going to be those who look at the fight, look at how well Edwards performed in comparison to the majority of the previous eight rounds they'd fought together, and say that Usman is washed, and that's what we saw last night. The 
decline of a once all-time great. And sure, we have seen fighters at the top fall off a cliff. I mean, look at the previous champion before Kamaru. And you could argue that he's been working through some long-term chronic injuries, but what I saw in the cage was a leveled-up Leon Edwards. This is a guy who has been working his ass off quietly in the UFC since 2014, he had to wait a million years to get his shot, and 12 fights into his unbeaten run in the division, I think what we're seeing is him fully hitting his stride finally. This is peak Rocky, and the implementation of his game plan using mostly shots aimed at the body and legs worked beautifully, with it feeling like Kamaru was on the back foot for the majority of the contest. I fully expected this to be Usman's GSP Sarah 2 going into this one, and I was dead wrong. Leon might just make an all-time run with the title here, even with the axe murderers waiting for him in the wings, but we'll get to them in a second. We gotta talk about Usman's legacy and where he goes from here, because where does he go from here? The aforementioned axe murderers, he's now just been thrown into the mix with them, and is going to likely have to prove himself against someone like the Nomad, a fighter on the come-up, not one who has been holding off challengers at the gates for five years. There's already been questions about how Kamaru's body will hold up, and his run back to the top will certainly exacerbate those problems, but this could also be an opportunity to show people what they very likely have forgotten after these two fights with Leon, and that is that Usman is one of the best welterweights of all time, a legacy that might not hold up as well depending on how the rest of Edwards' reign goes. We'll just have to see, but this is the toughest spot that Kamaru has been in in a very long time, and it's unclear if we're about to see the beginning of the end or just the next chapter in his greatness. Speaking of the rest of the division, though, Colby Covington has found himself skipping over every single one of them to get his third title challenge in the last five years, this coming despite his only wins in the last five years being late-stage Woodley and post-2019 Gamebred. The man's not stepped into the octagon for an entire year, in fact, and in that time, we've seen the likes of Hamzat, Bilal, and Gilbert Burns all earn wins that at least rightly put them in the conversation. Shemaev is, of course, going to venture up to middleweight for now, so Covington lucked out there, but it's pretty hard to deny that Bilal Muhammad, who is currently on a nine-fight unbeaten streak, doesn't deserve to, at the very least, be in a title eliminator with Colby, but you could absolutely argue that he should be getting his shot with Leon right now. Because if not him, then who? Well, apparently Colby, despite everything we just mentioned. Look, I get it, he has had very competitive fights with Usman, he is clearly a top-tier champion-level fighter, and I'm fully aware that the UFC loves to do this kind of thing with fighters who are popular, but it just makes very little sense, and as a result, I'm just not excited about it, I don't care. I don't really want to see it, I'll watch it of course, but Covington at this moment in time makes little sense, and as is the case whenever the UFC does this, it just serves as a reminder that none of this stuff really matters. It's all, at the end of the day, an entertainment product more than it is a sport, or at least that's how it's treated by the UFC. Anyway, enough of that, let's talk about the two violence demigods, Justin Gaethje and Raphael Fazeev, as we wrap up our talk of UFC 286. What an awesome fight! Both guys delivered exactly as everyone was hoping for, and now that the dust has settled, it's going to be interesting to see what it is that happens for them. Fazeev arguably won the fight in the eyes of a lot of fans, so his stock really doesn't drop much. In fact, if anything, his next fight is going to be highly anticipated by the more casual audience, and rightfully so. For Gaethje, things are a bit trickier. He said he would take that rematch with Dustin Poirier, which of course makes a ton of sense given the rankings and everything else, but would the juice be worth the squeeze for Poirier? To go back to a man he's already beaten, a very violent man, when he's only got a few fights left in the tank and wants gold before he goes. Or maybe that final Connor payday. Justin is kind of in a weird place here as a result if you don't go with the diamond, but given his fan favorite status and other legendary performances, I'm sure he'll be just fine. What a night, what a card. These pay-per-views are on fire lately, a great first quarter for the UFC. 2023 has been fantastic for Max Randall as well, who has been killing these edits, and he does them so fast. Please go follow him on all the socials possible. Like and subscribe because we do this after every pay-per-view. Is Leon's championship reign going to be all-time? Is Usman washed as the 
kids say, why am I a Colby hater and I always say bad things about him even though he's fantastic? You can say all of these things in the comments below. In fact, I highly encourage you to do so and I love looking at all of them. Even if you just want to tell me that you can't stand my voice, you know what, I get it. So give us all those 286 takes in the comments below. Thanks for watching and I will catch you on the flip side.